Angela, and welcome to Real Indigenous, where these Indigenous people get real about what's on our screen and everything in between. With me right now are... Hello, this is Matt Bars. Halito Chimachukma, this is Tully. And we're here today to talk about the final episode of Echo, which dropped at the same time as all the other episodes and has about a 30-minute runtime. This is the episode where everything kind of comes to a head. So in this episode, we learn more about the Bishkinik, who is the messenger of the Choctaw people, and how the Bishkinik helps Maya determine that some bad things are happening at the Choctaw Nation powwow. So everything comes to a head when Fisk show up at the powwow and chaos ensues. We do get to see Biscuits with his new ride. And we get to watch Uncle Henry make the shot of a lifetime. And Dallas Goldtooth is the MC of the powwow, which was a highlight for me. And at the end of the episode, spoiler alert, Echo is able to don her new outfit and channel the power of her ancestors and share that energy with her cousin and her grandmother and let go of her anger and then talk Fisk into letting go of his anger. So then he decides to run for mayor of New York. So let's get into it. Matt, what are your thoughts? Uh, looking at the, the the powwow scene, you and I have been on, we were on the fancy dance set and that's, that's a lot of work. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was impressed with the uh, the grand entry. How I, I thought the individual dancers, uh, those shots were those were looking pretty good. Uh, it felt like there was a kind of a low attended powwow. Didn't seem like there was a lot of people there. That stood out to me a little bit. But again, like putting that together is it's kind of a massive undertaking. So that that's that was the, the that stood out to me. I enjoyed the moments, the the silent moment when Fisk is kind of yelling at Maya with her family there, and it's from her perspective. And uh, Bonnie's translating. That was that was a really effective moment uh, for me. It just seemed like, I mean, the ep- it's a short episode, and it just, it, I, I wish the drama had been drawn out another ten minutes, maybe. Um, it it for whatever reason and we've talked about this uh, throughout the season it just felt like the stuff was missing and then i was talking to my mom about it and she was confused about how many groups were at the end like 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 biscuits runs over some people she was confused about who they were and i guess maybe i did i um, i revisited the episode and i uh, by itself and i couldn't remember exactly they were the ones that were after Maya that were at the skating. Okay. Well, but, but there were two different groups though. There was the missile group and then there was the group in, in the barn. They were just minions. Okay. But it just happened so fast that it just yeah. feels like it, it didn't give enough, wasn't given enough time to draw out that drama. Kind of, I guess my, my big criticism is it was just, it was too short. The Maya episode is 37 minutes. And I'm sure that's including credits. 
It is, yeah. It feels short. So overall, every episode, like Ch- Chaffa was 51 minutes. And of course, half of that is recap. Mm-hmm. Luwak is 42 minutes. Puklu is 45 minutes. Taloa is 40 minutes. And Maya is 37 minutes. And like I said, I think they're being very generous on that time, too. Because they happen yeah. really quick episodes. Which I appreciate a quick episode. Just because, I, you know, I got stuff to do. But <laughs> I don't appreciate quick episodes that aren't fully fleshed out. That feel rushed. And that they're, they've kind of been chopped out with some big scissors. I feel like the moments with her ancestors when, she, when they were all... Um, and all of her relatives were together. It's a very empowering moment, but it just was so rushed. It just, uh, it, I, I wasn't able to feel the, the, the impact of that. I, I could see it and I could see what they were going for. It just, it, it didn't feel like it landed totally for me. The visual was really cool to see them all yeah. come together. Because I did mm-hmm. love seeing Bonnie and the grandmother getting the powers and fighting and kicking ass too, mm-hmm. but... Again, those were real quick cuts. And I'm sure if Candace was on, she'd probably say, who did what and what happened now? Because <laughs> it was that fast. <laughs> I believe the music that begins is a powwow song, a drum song. And I think that's replacing the flute music of Indian identity in media. I don't know. Do you guys feel like that's what's going on now? I hadn't until you said that. But I noticed that the flute music has been replaced by the hallucination soundtrack. Oh, yeah. Maybe it was the hallucination mm. that opens this one. One of them opens with like a power song. But I think this one does open with hallucination. Or maybe it was the recap. There's several of them that open with hallucination, which, I mean, I'm a huge fan of hallucination. And I couldn't think of a better way to open it. But there are other musicians out there. <laughs> right, right. And they yeah, do that kind yeah. of dance music, too. And so... I'd like that to be more diversified and not just be hallucination. And I, like you said, I love hallucination. They're badass, but there are other people like a stoic is one of them. And then, you know, there's other genres of music. But that being said, I did like the music of the show. That song by Samantha Crane. I think that's a badass song. That's such a beautiful fucking oh, song. Yeah, it's great. It's yeah. The whole, yeah. The music is amazing. You know, I'm watching the descriptor with the description and it says Choctaw music on it, but it's the powwow music. And I'm like, that's not Choctaw music. Mm-hmm. Choctaw music is just kind of more chanting and with the hickory sticks tapping together, which is a cool sound, too. And they could have used some of that. And I don't think they use any of that. I don't think I've ever heard that. And so then when we get to the powwow, and I was hoping Sunrise was going to be on because somebody told me that was a Comanche hymn that was sung. It was. It was Marla Noni. Pishon told us that they had put this whole powwow together and, you know, they are Comanche. And so Marla had come out and in between takes, the sound department was just getting wild sound from everybody. And at some point when they were waiting, uh, people started singing, singing different songs and Marla gifted them with that song. And the editor loved that song so much that they dropped it in. And (laughs) Bichon said that they got a message from the, from the editor saying, Hey, who is this? And they they were like, well, that's my friend Marla. And, but you know that that's Comanche. And they were like, yeah, but it's so good. We're going to use it. And so Bishan was like, oh, I'm going to get messages about that. <laughs> um, I don't know how many people noticed. I just noticed, noticed one person on my, in my friend, 
uh, core who was pissed off about it, like saying, yeah. that's Comanche, that's not your, and we do have our own, I don't know, what what is the meaning of that song? Do we know the significance of it? They did say, and I can't remember, I'd have to go back and listen to our interview, but of course our listeners can definitely go back and listen to it, and they will, they share what that whole thing is, yeah. Maybe we should get Mar- Marla on. She's a good interview to have, too. She's done a lot of cool shit. Marla has done a lot of cool stuff. It's always a treat to see her. I always enjoy seeing her and visiting with her. She's so talented. But yeah, because we do have Choctaw songs too of, of similar type of, you know, singing and things like that. Sing- similar nature. They have significance. Yeah. And so I think it's only a Choctaw will notice kind of thing too, right? Oh, and a Comanche. But the other thing too is like, I, with that powwow scene, I was wishing they would show more of a Choctaw dancers because we have them at the front with the women uh most of them were princesses i guess right right and i would like to have seen like the just a full-on of all the men and women and everyone who are dancers the way we dance is kind of more close to the ground and so we're and so i don't i don't i didn't notice any shots of the feet of that dancing the reason why we don't do the fancy dance styles because we want to be close to the earth and so when we dance we kind of just do that you know do the tapping of the feet kind of thing so that really? would have been interesting to see. Yeah, yeah. So that's why we don't really do the fancy dance style. I always thought y'all were stomp dance. Yeah, we're stomp dance too. We do that. Okay. Uh, corn dance kind of stuff. Yeah, green corn. Yeah. Green corn. Yeah. And even the ceremonial type of dances are also like that. It's not jumping around either, really. And I put like not enough people at the powwow. I, I put that with like kind of how they did the stickball game. It's like, you know, they couldn't afford a cast of thousands to put in there. So, you know, you can't <laughs> have everything and everybody in there. This started around like 2019, 2020 is when they started developing this show. And then they started shooting, what, 2020, 2021? Probably 21. 21, yeah. These are all rumors. I don't know what's real or what's not. This is just what I hear from other people in articles. And so I'm trying to match it to what's going on with here. One thing was said was this was the time when the shows were not doing well. Movies were losing money during this production. And so that's when people were being hypercritical of the Marvel content. So there, the assumption that there was eight episodes for this show, but I guess Kevin Feige, he is the guy who is the what executive producer or whatever of these Marvel shows. Yes. And again, these are just rumors. I don't know what the reality is, but the rumors were. He didn't have faith in this series. He went back and did a lot of reshoots, got an editor in to recut everything. And to bring it at eight episodes down to five episodes. And I think that's why it feels so chopped up. And and that's probably why these are short episodes. And my assumption is they put it on Hulu because Hulu was where right. Prey where Prey was. So I'm assuming they said, well, that has Indian content. So we'll put it on Hulu also, as well as Disney. So it proves that if the content's out there, we're hungry for it and we want to see it. And sometimes even when it's shortened like this and made like this, that we still love this character. We still love this concept. And to me, the themes and story are there. You can see it. It's in there. Mm-hmm. It's all in there. Mm-hmm. And it's a good story. I mean, everyone likes the story of the the urban native coming home because that's very common in our media stories of the urban native coming, coming home, reconnecting with the family, reconnecting with their people. And what one of the big stories I liked about this or the big themes I liked about this is when I saw Kingpin and, and uh, Maya together is that this is kind of reminiscent of what happens when the the oppressor takes in a kid 
and raised them as as their own. And they have this really fucked up version of what love is and what this way of like raising them to be a, the same way. And so you find that kind of theme running through there of what what is the duality of these families, like this adopted kid. Again, that's the whole thing of what happened with us, you know, adopted kid out of the tribe, taken away from the tribe, raised by someone else, being disconnected, the lost generation where they got taken away. The idea of that, of like, what is that duality and who should she go to? Which way should she go? And so those kind of things are what I like about this show. But again, like you guys said, it's, I feel like, you know, a lot of it got cut. I wanted more and, and wanted to see more, wanted to give it more structure, more of a storyline, more of things happening and not just be what it is. And, and what it is is a good show to me. But, you know, there's so many things that could have been great if they would have given them more time to do what was necessary. Or just trusted them to do the full story. Looks like this episode had three credited editors. I don't know if they were at different stages or if they worked together. Um, but it seems like seems like a lot. Suppose yeah, there was a lot of reshoots and things like that. And I don't know how much input they got from the filmmakers. And we'll probably never know. But it did well enough that I'm hoping there's a season two in which we are given more of the loosening of the reins so that we can tell these really great stories and they don't produce in fear, but produce in an attempt to tell something really good, to do something really great. And most natives I talk to, they like this show. There's a few that don't, but most of them do. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've only heard good things from people that they love it. Well, it's, it's like you said, it's a good story. It's a, she's a really compelling character. Um, I've said this in past couple episodes I, I can't wait to see her again in whatever form if we hopefully get a season two or if she shows up in one of the movies the, oh yeah the other thing i was going to say is like in the comics it was uh david mack and joe casada and they did it in that style of david mack storytelling because his art yeah so a lot of that's like poetic and bits and pieces mm-hmm. of visuals yeah. and so you have to follow this really poetic way of telling a story and I felt like that's what they were kind of doing with this at times and I thought that was a good attempt to do that and I think if they continue doing something like that that would be awesome to to even go through these different styles of film because in in the David Mack he does these kind of like different styles of art he does sometimes painterly sometimes it's sketch sometimes it's uh, pencils and sometimes it's a collage and that would be kind of cool to see happen in these shows of where they kind of follow that David Mack art, art style and to fit it within the paradigm of this storytelling. And that's why I felt like I, we needed another episode of just the people of the past, just that full episode. Mm-hmm. And we could have the, their stories told in a full, complete story. And that way we could see it in different formats and different styles. And that would have been kind of cool. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be great. Um, I'm thinking I was reading his stuff his echo stuff and you're you almost have to like turn the the comic like sideways and upside down at certain points to to follow what he's doing it's pretty amazing and then like noetta said her power in the comics is that she mimics other people it's still kind of there like in that first episode where she's watching that boxer and she's looking at what he's doing 
Mm-hmm. I don't think it's completely lost. It's it's not. Yeah, and so it's still there. So it's just like not talked about or, or focused on. What did y'all think about this power that she got? Candace talked about the symbology of what shows up on her hand and how that's the symbol of life in Southeast tribes. And so I think my takeaway was that she was just harnessing the power of her ancestors. I mean, you know, you know, I'm not a fan of the mystic Indian trope. And so there were, I have mixed emotions about this simply because I grew up loving female superheroes on Saturday morning cartoons. And so I, I do like that. Um, but I also am conflicted just because so many people give us, imbue us with these supernatural abilities just because we're Native that it's it's kind of silly because I, I really can't talk to deer. But at the same time, it was really nice to have that same shot that Sterling had with the ancestors behind her and to see her yeah. harnessing, harnessing that that power through her ancestors in order to vanquish the evil. Now, my my biggest issue with that whole thing was the Fisk scene where she used her mom's ability to talk him out of being so angry like like her mom did to her that I was just like wait what and then he was like falling to his knees and like had this whole change of heart and just kind of walked away I was just like I don't is that huh (laughs) is that something that happened in the comic books where did that come from yeah it just seemed very abrupt and just a way to just you know cut that off and end it everything you know we're done okay we're done again i think i'm being more forgiving towards the show and so i always i also put that towards the timing of how how quickly the show is trying to end because it is a powerful moment it could be a powerful moment and it might be that I'm adding my own. <laughs> your own yeah. Build your own adventure. Yeah, build your own adventure of, of how powerful that could be because that says something about who we are and, and the way in which we, we work in this world. It's like, you know, we we are also people who heal. You know, there's there's there are stories of those who are healers. And that's sure. the whole storyline of Echo. Is, is she going to be a taker of life or a giver of life and she's in that in that place of going back and forth of what is she going to be and i don't know what they're going to do in the next you know seasons or next stories if she shows up but you know maybe she's going to have to combine both and you know know when to hold them know when to fold them know when to you know who to kill and who not to kill and so to me that was her coming to terms of that she's taking this taking on the this advantage of being a healer as opposed to someone who hurts which would have been great if it had been handled a little more gracefully and so instead of so abruptly i mean even vincent d'onofrio was it just he seemed to be like oh this is awkward i'm gonna get on my knee so i think it was they were trying to do that in this limited time because what i read in it again like i'm creating like my own storyline but what i read in it is like he refused to be healed because there are people who are like that Right. People who like you try to help, you try to help, but they refuse to because they're so hurt, they're so broken. Right. They decide to follow that path of of pain or that path of hurting others. Because that's all they know. That's what they are comfortable with. Yeah. 
And if we could have just had that visually or had that in that flashback in the, I don't know, lack of a better term, imaginary world, they just come back from that, right? They don't, they don't resolve anything. They just stay in that one room, right? Yeah. Correct. You know, one thing they could have done was just have them grab that hammer and says, I refuse to, to be that way. And just grabs a hammer and walks to the other room that could tell you that he refuses to heal. Because the way you read it right now, you assume that he's healed. That was my takeaway. Yeah, at the end, he's all pissed off again and right. decides to go New York and run for mayor or whatever he plans to do. <laughs> that's so weird. Oh, that's they're setting up Daredevil. They're saying the spotlight series is supposed to be someone could watch it without having to see everything else. But of right. course, that's not true. <laughs> that's no. not true at all. I mean, everybody who don't watch Marvel, who watches it, it's kind of confusing. I didn't know what was going on. <laughs> exactly. So again, like I said, that stuff's there. It's just like, I wonder if that was from, you know, the higher ups cutting that stuff out. And I don't know. I don't know. But I felt like, yeah, give us a few more episodes, man. Give us more story, more backstory, more characters, more things happening. Like we talked about before, Bonnie is basically a damsel in distress throughout the whole show. Yeah. 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 And we never really get a resolve with them or like an in- interaction, right? Of any kind of Only substance. at the end of the cookout. Right. And that's just over music. So right. music manipulates emotion. But you right. want to see and feel the emotion of them finally connecting. And it's mostly her and Puckney that are connecting. And then I guess everybody's asking, where's the, where's Galicial? He's not at the cookout. Oh, he wasn't, was he? Oh, no. They invite Henry, but they don't invite him. (laughs) Henry's one of those bad Lopez kids. (laughs) Maybe he went off to do another movie. I know. That's what I was thinking. He had to get back to to Canada and shoot something else, accept some award. But yeah, like, I guess that's like, you know, the basics of it. I think that there was a big hooray part when Biscuits shows up with his new truck that he fixed up. Grandma's truck. That that was pretty funny. It was very oaky. All of a sudden, he drives over everybody else. Are those big wheel trucks still a thing? Oh yeah, in Oklahoma, yeah. I don't pay attention. Absolutely. They have they have they have shows, monster truck shows. I need to go to one. There's there's another god shot of the drum, which is a Scorsese look. Of course, I think they were being shot about the same time, so mm-hmm. it's kind of interesting that that's kind of a go to shot for drums. Yeah, it's a cool shot, though. It's pretty. It is. It's, it's compelling. Yeah. It was that same kind of circular thing that they were mimicking also. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Pichon did say that the color guard, the are, it's an all-women veteran group that travels across the country doing different powwows, which that was super cool. For Chalk Dolls, it's a, we have our own color guard. Oh, do you? Yeah. <laughs> Guess they didn't answer the call, the <laughs> casting call. Well, if the Choctaws there are there to give their input and what needs to be done culturally and all the significant stuff, that was one of the things they should have called out. I know. But they wear like a white shirt and like those red hats. Oh, I've seen them. I did think it was it was cool when they were doing the grand entry and she snuck in in the grand entry and yeah. But but hearing the lack of drum, I mean. You, that's one of the reasons that you love doing grand entry is because you, it just opens your heart when you hear the drum and everybody's moving at the same time and it to to have a lack of being able to enjoy that was that really got me i was like oh that would be 
I would miss that. I would miss that drum. And that drum is like the heartbeat, as I, I recall. Yeah. Is that correct? Yes. It's a it heartbeat. Is. And so yeah. to because there's a schematic of heartbeats throughout this host show. And I don't know if it happened. I'm not really paying attention to listening, but if her heartbeat was like you hear a silence of the heartbeat. Mm-hmm. And the heartbeats in the in this in the same rhythm as the drum mm-hmm. and what that could signify and mean, you know, because she's looking around. And my assessment was she was seeing all her people and all the tribal people and the connectedness of our of, of familial connectedness. Oh, really? I thought she was just looking for Bonnie and Pockney. I told you I'm creating my own story. Like oh, you're right. Because <laughs> <laughs> we're seeing images of the dancers and we're seeing images of the people as she's looking around. Then she sees some of the people who are the bad people is how I recall it. I could be wrong, but that's how I remembered it. And so then she's looking around and she sees the the bad people or if that wasn't what happened that could have been what happened you know that would have been awesome vishkanik was actually the one that pointed her towards the barn oh that was the other thing too um in case people wonder like in that first episode where the vishkanik shows up right before the car crash oh yeah i hear people assuming that the vishkanik the be all tell all of all things of good and bad but in reality it would be kind of like an owl that would be there because the owl is the messenger of change, messenger of uh, usually death, but death meaning mm-hmm. change. Okay. And so I, I don't want people to get confused on that. Like the Bishkinik is an all-encompassing thing. Bishkinik was just the messengers, like uh, Mark Williams said. Yeah, that they're letting you know when the bad guys are showing up. What is y'all, y'all's assessment of the overall echo? Should it be on repeat or should it be silent? Overall, I keep watching. I mean, I keep going back and watching it. There are scenes that I really, really, really enjoy. And yeah, I'm kind of like you. I can build this alternate reality in this alternate narrative where there's a little more meat on the bones between her and Bonnie and her journey to healing and the tension between her and Fisk at the end. So yeah, I'm I'm building my own narrative. <laughs> But there are so many scenes that I really, really like. I just wanted more. Yeah. Graham Greene and Tantu Cardinal. I think theirs was really well developed. Their story. Oh, they, had a, they had a great, they had great chemistry together. Um, yeah, the, no, their scenes were great. And oh, so yeah. you can tell a good emotional story in such short pieces. And that, that shows it right there. It's like, you knew what was going on. You knew that they were together at one time. They split up. But one of them still holds lack of a better term, but I guess goes with the theme of this is a fire for the other. And the other one still has a bit of a spark. And so we see it as it's redeveloping. And I make fun of the last scene, but, you know, watching Tantu Cardinal get to punch people was really fun. Um, I wanted to see more of that. I wanted to see it just kick (laughs) ass all around. Yeah. Yeah. I'm liking it more and more. Um, It's it. uh, I'm getting more out of it with repeat viewings. Um, Yeah. Um, it's a good coda to Hawk, her introduction, Hawkeye, and it's going forward. There's they have a lot to work with with the character. There's there's a lot there, like like you guys were saying. Um, there's a lot a lot of really good stuff stuff in it. Yeah, overall, I think so. The other thing too is like, you know, it's kind of corny, but I did want to see it, and but it is Marvel, so you expect it. Is that she'd have more stuff on her leg when. Uh, Graham Greene made her a new leg. I thought there would be like some gadgets. Like she had a knife already in her boot. 
So why couldn't she have more shit like in in her leg that she could take out to use as a weapon? Oh, maybe that's the next iteration. Like in Grindhouse? Hell yeah, like Grindhouse. Exactly. Maybe not a machine gun, but still, yeah, some badass shit. (laughs) That would have been awesome. (laughs) But that would be cool. And, you know, I don't know if we go too far, but like I said, we already got some dude getting shot in the eye surviving. So why can't we? That's right. Well, yeah, it's it's pretty. pretty ridiculous some of the things that are happening why not why not push it and it's a comic book it's a comic book property yeah you know like you had this monday morning quarterback where you talk about how they should have done it what they could have done what's your wednesday afternoon producers they should have trusted the native storytellers and gone ahead and fleshed out all of these storylines to eight episodes matt any thoughts first i thought the 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 drop was an interesting experiment um and maybe that's what they were they were just testing that out but really drawing the series out because i think netflix are they the only one that does drops like that you mean all at once yeah so i don't know how that they're not talking about i'm not reading anything about how that worked out for ratings or numbers but um, well overall what i'm hearing is that it was like the number one show to that was watched on Disney and Hulu. Yeah. 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 It, they did something right. And they've got a lot of fan art. Yeah. <laughs> they did a million things at once, so they don't know which one they did right, which one they did wrong. <laughs> so now they have to do each other individually. <laughs> Unfortunately for this show, so I didn't really get to enjoy it like on, a, on my TV screen because I was in, in traveling. And so I was watching on my phone in planes and in like waiting spaces. So I wasn't able to catch everything that was happening so that didn't help my viewing either but of course i wanted to watch it you know as soon as before people spoiled it for me i did i binged it all in in one night the my first viewing and the nice. second viewing that were spaced out well honestly uh calculated together all five episodes added up to about three and a half hours mm-hmm. which is totally doable in one night i think i divided it into two for that little bit of time you're not giving enough time to everyone and that's probably what kind of hurt it too. When you think about yeah. it, like three and a half hours, that's that Killers of the Flower Moon movie. Right. Mm-hmm. If y'all had the keys to the kingdom, what would y'all want to do next with Echo? I want to see more of her with Daredevil. But if she's in Young Avengers, to see her with Kate and all and Miss Marvel. And yeah, that's going to be awesome. Yeah. I'm thinking Young Avengers. That would, that, that, yeah. That's going to be amazing. If we could see her in, in that film when that happens. Oh, man. Ugh. Do we know yeah. when that's going to happen? They they haven't announced anything like yeah. that yet. But I mean, they're they're setting it up for sure. They did in the Marvels. And th- that was the big, yeah. the big setup was in that movie. So, yeah, it's coming. And I thought that was fucking awesome. She was like, we're starting the Young Avengers. She was like, I'm not that young. I'm like 24 years old. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, yeah, seeing her with all these other young Avengers, it'd be amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I think she should just be everywhere. If they put the Defenders back together, like I said, she could replace Iron Fist. Oh, oh that's yeah. a good idea. Yeah, because she's on that street level of what Netflix was doing, the street level heroes. Um, yeah. So. Yeah. Not quite as dark as Jessica Jones, but had the possibility of. Mm-hmm. And those Netflix series I did like, like Jessica Jones season one is probably like one of my tops. That, oh, that thing had me emotional. It's I mean, so that good. had me feeling so like tense. Doctor Who, like I hated him. I was like, meanwhile, watching soap operas and the actor is the person that they connect them to. 
and uh-huh. they just really despise. That's how it felt like with Doctor Who. I was like, that dude is like the Purple Man. I don't know his real name. It wasn't until he was in uh, Good Omens that I finally like let go that he was not a bad person. <laughs> <laughs> so he's just an actor playing somebody, but he was that good that you just despised him. You were like, oh my god, this guy's horrible, and he's he just looks so creepy in that voice he had. He's probably really nice in person. Yeah. You're talking about David Tennant? Yeah, David Tennant. That's his name. When he <laughs> Doctor Who at one time. But all those first season of the Netflix series were good. I want to see second season. And like I think it would be good. Like in, in her own series, she stays down in, in the in the res, you know, has this family's action story. You know, like Swamp Thing did it where, you know, small town stuff, shit's always happening. Uh, Star Girl does it where small town shit, but big shit happens in a small town. Right. So I think it could happen. Yeah, where you just bring in the bad in that area that's connected, like within the the reservation stuff, and whatever that could be. Like maybe there's a new gangster coming into town to take over the small town. So it's still that whole gangster dynamic. Oh, small towns have so many issues. Yeah, the new casinos being built up. Gangsters are coming in, just like Donald Trump warned us. <laughs> uh, I mean, it sounds like it sounds like the Bill Bixby Incredible Hulk series in a way. Yeah, but they they never leave. It's it's a cowboy show, but, but they never, but they never leave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and Bill Bixby was the fugitive guy. Yeah, and may, yeah. maybe have a gun will travel. Mm-hmm. So there's you know there's templates for it that you can follow. Yeah, actually, she could be like kung fu style and just hit all the different reses. Ooh. Oh, that'd be awesome too. I think that. Ooh. Well, that's what yeah. basically what Incredible Hulk was. It's yeah. the same thing, right? Same the journeyman. So that might be cooler too. I like that. Yeah, let's do yeah. that. Too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then she goes to the city whenever like something big happens that she's got to fuck with with to help them dudes out. They call on her to come back to the city to help. Because she knows Kingpin. She knows his ins out. She knows what he does. He's starting to fuck shit up. We need you to help us out. So she comes back with all the gadgets in her leg. <laughs> Scully puts all kinds of cool shit on her leg. He's the Q, the, uh, the pawn shop Q. Listen up, Disney. We got it. It just writes itself at this point, Disney. Listen to yeah, us. I know. We got it. Wow. And her and Bonnie finally get to talk. <laughs> they have a real conversation. Right. <laughs> she and Bonnie will be Echo and Echo Jr., Junior or Echo Girl. There you go. There you go. Shit, there's all kinds of cool stuff you do with it. Oh, yeah. Any final thoughts? I think all the the Choctaw dubs available on the Disney and the Hulu platform. So watch the Choctaw dub so you can get a full experience of how the, the Choctaw voices are doing. There's Terry Billy, who's my cousin who, who ran that. And if you notice a lot of Billy last names, y'all just ignore that. <laughs> but, you know, it's all relative out here. But it's, it was mostly like the family, which is my family, and the tribe who, who contributed to the to the dub. Yeah, and if you want to know more about that, you can listen to our interview with Darnell Colbert, which is fantastic. You know, there's a Comanche dub for Prey. Now there's a Choctaw dub for Echo. Killers has Osage sprinkled throughout it. So it's a, it's a good time for languages. Still waiting for to hear some more Inupiaq and True Detective. Um, one of the honest got mad at Liz in episode two and let her have it in a new pack. So that was kind of fun. 
All right. Well, thanks for listening to us today. We will catch you same Indigenous times, same Indigenous channel. Be sure to find us on our socials. We've got Facebook, we've got Twitter and Instagram. And visit our Patreon. And remember, don't just keep it real. Keep it real. Real. Indigenous. 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 Indigenous.